Well, good afternoon, everybody. Darren Saul, your host of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. Friday afternoon. Hope everybody's had a fantastic week. We have episode 114 with our famous Kerry Wood. How are you, Kerry? Hello, Darren. Thank you very much for inviting me back. I'm surprised oh. that you have after the last time. We were, I was quite flattered that we had so much time together. Of course I'm going to invite you back. And Thank now for everybody out there, Kerry joined us right at the beginning of when COVID hit our shores in Sydney. It was episode 26, I think. Goodness, was it? Yeah, episode 26. And we were chatting all about how the coronavirus has affected the hospitality industry, the wedding industry, the entertainment industry, etc. And I thought we'd bring Kerry back six months or so later to give us the skinny on what's changed, where we're at with all the new restrictions, how to host functions that are COVID safe, etc., etc. So Kerry is a wealth of knowledge in this area. But for everybody out there who doesn't know who Kerry was, or Kerry is, and hasn't seen that last show, Kerry is the director and lead wedding planner and stylist from Lux Unforgettable Events, which is a bespoke wedding planning, styling, on-the-day coordination and event management service-based company in Sydney, whose distinctive service caters to be-wed couples from near and far so that they may enjoy their day wherever their preferred wedding location maybe so welcome back to the show kerry great to have you here again thank you so much darren it's really lovely to come back and join you mm. and all your viewers obviously and have an opportunity to update what's happened to the wedding industry specifically and of course all of the allied industries that we work with and across Absolutely. Um, jumping straight into it the year yeah. has obviously been incredibly devastating um not only for wedding industry per se and wedding industry is quite a, a broad church if you like in terms of um you know a terminology because within that there are planners there are stylists uh there are venues there are suppliers of all shapes and sizes as yeah. well as vendors etc so when we talk about the wedding industry the labyrinth is really quite in depth yeah and the impacts are quite domino in in so far as that it starts with obviously the restrictions that came in when we first spoke which yes. were quite devastating in actual fact and they really changed our landscape significantly definitely absolutely. um but well for quite some time we, of course most of winter we were all in lockdown anyway so there was very little happening in terms of wedding activation or rescheduling yep. most weddings had still been yet to be postponed and rescheduled because I think everyone was still in a bit of a state of shock mm -hmm. as to my goodness, where is this actually taking us and where, mm -hmm. where is it going to lead to? And nobody could have imagined that we'd be sitting here in October, still speaking about an industry and the partner industries that have literally um, been closed down. So true. Um, Basically, we are starting to see a little bit of, of a comeback, if you like, yep. uh, in terms of uh, the restrictions. So we've been through the no weddings to 10 people at a wedding to 20 people at a wedding. As of yesterday, it was 30 people at a wedding. Oh, is that right? Yesterday. Uh, yes. Uh, that's in um, private homes. Now, the, the condition to that is, and that seems to be a key message that is being lost, is that it is only relative if 
you have the space so that you can actually build into seating plans, standing plans, etc. the one person per meter per four square meter rule. Yes. And that goes with also the um, recently announced permission as of December 1st for venues to take up to 300. Again, wow. that is conditional on the venue being large enough to be able to have a seating and floor plan that must accommodate all of the current standing orders of the day. Now that may sound quite easy, in actual fact it's not. Mm -hmm. The reality is each venue um, have very different configurations uh, under normal or pre-COVID, and we're going to probably obviously talk about pre-COVID and post-COVID for years and current COVID. Uh, <laughs> So pre-COVID, of course, most venues would say, you know, maybe they can take 100, but they could maybe squeeze in 110. Yep. Under the current public health orders, that is not doable. Mm -hmm. Now, we do know that we have some operators in the industry, and it's only a few, that are actually um, instrumental in um, creating opportunities that are outside of the current public health orders. Really? Now, the problem with this is, that A, if they get caught, there are huge fines and, and eventually they will. And, and, you know, I think it's doing a massive disservice to all of us in the wedding industry, yep. as well as events industry and venues Definitely. that are actually, you know, a part of, well, let's do the best we can, yep. pivoting our businesses so that we can address the issues moving forward and still to stay within this safety yep. and, of course, the compliance of the public health orders of the day per state, because there is no uniformity across all the states either. So that is another issue, particularly when we're having um, a little bit of movement in terms of borders opening. Not mm -hmm. all of our borders are open. As we know, Queensland is still um, not really inviting us southern <laughs> to say hello yet. But, and of course that impacts on, people, on people's um, capacity to look at their guest list. We still have a lot of people who are sitting on the fence in terms of hoping that their original vision for the day, yep. which all would of course included a dance floor, which at the moment is not permitted. Mm -hmm. um, they're so kind of sitting there waiting, thinking surely this can't continue. The reality is I think that as businesses, we have to work within the parameters we have and be flexible enough to adjust as the rollbacks are rolled out by various governments. Definitely. That's the only thing we can do. We can't sit here and say, well, we hope. Last thing we should be ever doing is promising things that we cannot deliver or we have absolutely no control over. And quite frankly, where this is concerned in terms of public health orders under government instrumentalities, we have no authority to promise anything except what we know we can deliver. Yeah. So that's the position I take with our um, potential clients, our future clients, we have a lot of we had a lot of inquiry about the wedding um, pivot that we undertook back in March. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them actually are one, the ones that are still sitting, hoping that we can get a larger operation going. So yep. they're waiting for that activation time when they can have the 180 plus dance floors plus this activation and all the all the trimmings, if you like. Yep. Um, and we hope that is sooner rather than later. Definitely. We have other couples who, of course, have just said, well, look, you know, life's too short to worry about when, when and ifs. Let's go ahead and do it now. And we just delivered a beautiful, beautiful wedding 
that actually did have all the beautiful elements of the traditional wedding day, save for the dance floor, of course, because that was three weeks ago now. So there was no dance floor activation permitted whatsoever three weeks ago. Right. Whereas now we have dance floor permissions for 20 in the wedding party, but not all at the same time. Is so that right? that's right. COVID marshals have to be, I suppose, the um, the dance floor, um, the dance floor, dance floor um, chaperones, chaperones, <laughs> and you know, tap you on the shoulder if you, you know, too many people are getting <laughs> on the dance floor. And the whole point of that is is to avoid that close contact yeah. uh, when people are usually dancing, they're singing, and that is what the concern is, obviously, by the public health authorities. So sure. basically, we've gone from there to now we can have twenty. I do perceive that we will be having dance floor activations happening um, in probably the not near distant future, but there will be a lot of restrictions and parameters around that as well. So I'm kind of not going to second guess that. I'm just waiting to see what the next rollbacks are and then we'll adapt again yeah. to be able to accommodate that. I've already got some interesting ideas, which um, I'll share with you maybe another time because I want to share them first with some lovely clients. Sure. Or when the opportunity does arise and we're able to um, engage across some of my creative pivoting that I've got. Excellent. All happening in there. Yeah. So um, it's been a really, it's been a tough year. Mm, sure. Um, not, just, not, not just for us in the wedding industry or the events industry or hospitality, hotels, aviation. Uh, it's just been, I think, for everybody who's had to be locked down and poor old Victoria who's yeah. still... Uh, hasn't come out of lockdown yep. completely yet and our and our thoughts and, and prayers go out to those guys because yep. you know the challenge to continuously be in lockdown mentally emotionally financially um exhausting, is exhausting. exactly so um but there for the grace of god go any of us if we allow things to get out of control so right. i think the message here is that if we all do the right thing and it's really not that difficult. We're talking yeah. about, you know, personal hygiene, um, yeah. consideration, yeah. and just being a little bit more aware than possibly we have been in a couple of decades. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing wrong with a bit of a, a bit of a step up in our personal hygiene, anyway. Yeah, that's um, right. And if it does make a difference, particularly to the more vulnerable in our communities, yeah. um, uh, then I think that's really important. So that's yeah. you know one of the things that um, when we have our on the day activations, we have operational on the day activation plans, which are registered with New South Wales Health. Yep. Um, they are very detailed uh, and very processed. They do actually go out to all of our suppliers, vendors and venues. Uh, we interact with the venues per se to uh, have the operational and activational COVID marshals on the day. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the reason that these things are important, it's not just the compliance and seem to be doing, it is the doing. Because yeah. within wedding groups, we have the demographics are quite broad. So we have quite young, we have, you know, um, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s. And then we have some more senior members of our communities that are very much part of a wedding day experience. And personally, I couldn't imagine anything worse than anyone becoming unwell at one of my weddings oh. that I've planned, styled and activated and delivered on the day. I mean, it, it, it would just be hideous. Yep. That's not to say that things can't happen, but certainly with an appropriate activation plan, which minimizes the amount of um, 
personal interaction with every element across the wedding build yeah. and the setup. Uh, and then, of course, the delivery, that's the service personnel, event personnel, as well as my uh, delivery team. Yeah. That minimises the opportunity for any ill health or misadventure regarding COVID-19. Um, I suppose the good news is flu's down, colds are down. So, you know, there hasn't been a positive to this, and I'm trying to find some silver linings to keep everyone <laughs> buoyant and going. And I think the silver lining is that we've all had to become a little bit more creative yeah. and think deeper about, okay, what can we do now continuing along as we will be continuing along and let's face it until there is a vaccine there'll be no full reset yeah. so we need to live and to learn to live within what we've got and adapt as we continue along mm -hmm. for instance i'm very pleased to announce that uh, a gap has been identified in the service component of between wedding planning on-the-day coordination and venue coordinators, and that we're calling it an on-the-day or pre-wedding day concierge. So where a venue might have a wedding coordinator who will take care of all of the bits and pieces and elements that are within the venue, they don't normally become involved with any external right. activations with suppliers or vendors, such as photographers, videographers, um, you know, uh, the, the cars, the, the florists, etc. You know, unless, of course, the florist is also having, being the florist and style, floral stylist in the venue. So there's a number of, um, shall we say, concierge, concierge services that we are now going to be providing, which is specific to that wedding and that particular venue, which does include, of course, dedicated seating and floor plans, which, of course, are very time consuming and they are to scale so they do require um a lot of um shall we say dedicated coverage of the venue space mm -hmm. and getting the floor plans right so that it doesn't only comply under public health orders it actually becomes part of the wedding day style which is what we did at our recent wedding um we actually had double width tables oh wow cool. so we went 2.5 wide 4.2 long um, yeah, it's we, got its own charm in a way, doesn't it? It became very charming. And, of course, uh, happy to say that if you want to have a, a bit of a sneak peek, please go to our website at www.luxunforgettableevents.com.au and click on the little gold link that says uh, country, uh, country Romance. Oh, so <laughs> that's a link that'll take you straight to some really beautiful vision of the day, which was, um, I mean, the day was beautiful, but also the photography has really captured the essence of the day and the joy and the celebration of the day, which I think is really what we're saying is still possible, um, even under the, the, the public health order restrictions, although we are seeing a lot of people who are saying, we'll get married, we'll just have the celebrant, our two witnesses, and then, you know, when this is all over, we'll have a bit of a big party and mum and dad can come from, you know, Queensland and so-and-so can come from China and so-and-so can come from France and, and so on and so on. So we are seeing a lot of that as well. So we've kind of got um, the ones that are sitting on the fence still, you know, evaluating what can and can't be done. Uh, the ones that are just going for just let's get married and we'll party later. And yeah. then the ones that have said... We're going to do this and we're going to make the most of it regardless. It's our time and we want it to be as joyful and beautiful as we possibly can. 
And we certainly want to talk to all of you out there that really want to talk about thinking, let's do it. It's our time right now. Awesome. Well, let's chat a bit about, you know, how things have changed. And obviously there are certain challenges that you have to overcome to deliver a traditional style wedding um, in this new environment. So tell us a bit about what you've done, what are those challenges and what you've done to overcome them and, and bring them into the new style. Like you just mentioned, the table width was one of them. Mm. Give us some ideas as to, you know, what you've done that's new and novel that's actually maybe created a bit more of a charm to something that we didn't think about. I think one of the, the very special um, elements that we introduced at the last wedding, because uh, that wedding was pre any dancing activation whatsoever, mm. was that we uh, introduced the bride and groom um, who transitioned from their recessional, which is when they're leaving the ceremony space. Yep. And they had this gorgeous long um, aisle, about 200 meters. Yep. And so they transitioned from their recessional music to their first dance music. And then they literally waltzed all the way up this 150, 200 meter aisleway to their waiting horse and carriage. Oh, wow, cool. And <laughs> to the delight of their wedding guests, and it really was beautiful. Um, they looked so elegant. It was so romantic, but yeah. also they really handled it well. They did, of course, go and have some dance lessons. <laughs> don't forget, a lot of the other things that's happening now with COVID w- uh, weddings is that um, if people decide to go, they're kind of wanting to go pretty quick. And we had to fit into where um, space may be within the venue mm-hmm. um, opportunities as well. So we actually planned, rest- planned, restyled and delivered that in 3.8 weeks. Wow. So, yeah, we hit the ground running. So that level of flexibility that level of knowledge and experience is something that is really coming to the fore now because we don't really have the time to be doing the research elements that we may have afforded been afforded by when we had 10 eight months 12 months to build a wedding so um we really have to know uh, our vendors our suppliers and we really have to have action action plans that are immediately engaging Um, and and how do you keep track of what's new what the new uh restrictions are what's been lifted what can you can't do because it changes every week it does and um sadly um the mainstream news uh doorstops and headlines are not always shall we say informative or there's not a lot of depth in it and unfortunately whenever anyone hears um oh wedding rollbacks and of course if they're um, a couple who are waiting on rescheduling their wedding or possibly a new couple, a newly engaged couple who are thinking about getting married, all they hear is rollback on weddings. Yeah. They don't actually hear the devil in the detail and it always is the devil in the detail. Yeah. Um, I have an absolute, um, I have links that uh, link me into New South Wales Health. Okay. I call on a regular basis and, and chat about clarifying exactly what the restrictions mean what the dates are uh, in terms of qualification. And so that's how I keep in touch. Then I, of course, always post about it. Um, Usually with, uh, you know, it could be a diagram, which is pointing towards it because most people are quite visual. So it needs to be something that communicates quite effectively. Um, I do regular blogs as well, uh, which updates exactly where we've started, where we're coming from, 
and where we're potentially going to. So in terms of that level of communication, uh, that's how I'm staying on top of the information and how I'm disseminating the information, not only to our rescheduling clients, but potential clients, and also for the industry itself, because the reality is that even some of us in the industry get confused mm. by the messaging. Absolutely. And also forgetting, not forgetting that um, posts on Instagram or Facebook or so forth, if someone's posting from Queensland, they don't always articulate that it's just about Queensland. Mm -hmm. And same with Victoria, although poor old Victoria hasn't been allowed to have weddings for quite some time, but they are now. Limited though they may be, at least it's a good start. Yeah, at least so we're that moving we, in the right know, Exactly. It's yeah. starting to move forward, which is... Yeah going in the right direction. Yeah. So that's how we're, we're trying to, you know, not only keep on top of the information ourselves, but disseminate the right information. And I think that's really important because the more of us in the industry and allied industry, so all of our partners that are actually basically saying exactly the same thing, the more credibility the whole of the industry obviously has. Definitely. And that's, it's a really good point because People that are looking for a wedding planner, or an event planner, they should make sure that they choose somebody that is responsible and is keeping up to date with what they can and can't do. Because if they promise them the world, you know, and it's actually not um, legal, and who knows what other implications it has, it's a disaster. I think that's correct. And I think that, you know, I mean, character isn't revealed in the good times, is it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that the industry has the individual personalities and characters of each individual operator. But I think the industry per se has a character yeah. uh, that actually probably still is in its development stage. But let's, let's be moving towards the real mature factor that we need to, to really have this as an active, viable, stable, reliable, and credible. Yeah. And without trust within this industry, I don't think, that you know our futures are that bright. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's yeah. where I come from. So the compliance is definitely, I mean, that's a given. We have to do it. Yeah. But where I come from as well is that, as I said before, if someone was to become unwell at some an event or wedding that I had planned and delivered, and I knew I hadn't gone to every possible level and measure to ensure that as much possible, you know, COVID safety measures were in place. I, I, I would be very uncomfortable with myself. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And so does that mean everybody that's working has to be wearing gloves and masks yes. at all times, even in the kitchen? Uh, you will find them, uh, they are, yes. Yeah. Um, kitchen, huh? I, I mean, obviously, it's an individual issue for how they interpret their own practices, yeah. but you will find most that, that are. We've had to learn to, um, to operate effectively wearing masks the funniest thing is once you've had a mask on for several hours, you know, it gets very warm in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the, these disposable gloves, yeah. um, size is an issue. If they're too big, they fall off. If they're yeah. too small, they break. Yeah. Uh, trying to do you know, little styling things like... Um, yeah, little <laughs> delicate well, things yeah, that you have to do. Yeah, exactly. So little bows on yeah, yeah, yeah. guest favours <laughs> and all those sorts of things in gloves is really tricky, I can tell you. So um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the last wedding we did, I literally sat there for hours and hours and hours pre the wedding day because I knew that I was not going to have time on the wedding day because that particular wedding day we started set up 
at um, 7.30 in the morning and our delivery was for a 3.30 ceremony with a five o'clock reception. Wow. So that's, that's the other side of the thing that, you know, the, the wedding guests and even the bride and groom, they don't see that, even though we talk about it. Um, and obviously we factor it into uh, the activation and the master timeline and run sheet, as well as the cost schedules. However, unless you're physically present there, and being part of it, it's pretty hard to imagine what that looks like. Sure. So the pretty that we see at the end of the day um, is is about that much of the whole what I call back of house mm -hmm. that goes oh, yeah. to it to any big day. I mean, it's like it's like an iceberg. It's that great analogy of the iceberg. That's you only it. see the tip yes. of the iceberg, but you don't see what's underneath. Yes, and all of that yep. is very deep. Mm -hmm. um, it's got some nice edges to it, but it also can be quite, uh, quite dangerous as yeah, well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's understanding how that day looks and comes together and is delivered, but knowing that all these things underneath, like the, the really dangerous part of the iceberg, have to work yeah. pre-wedding day to make sure that there is no COVID wedding planning stress or delivery stress on the day. And that is the ultimate goal, is that we do not want the bride, the groom, any couples to feel that it's been somehow a stressful journey, regardless of whether, you know, we're, we're operating in a reset mode or in a, a current COVID-19 yeah, yeah. restriction mode. Yeah. And Always, what's, sorry. what's been the feedback? I mean, what have people, people that you've put on these weddings for very, very recently... Um, what have they been saying? That was fantastic. So fresh, so different. What have they been saying? Uh, we actually, the, 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 a very delightful couple have gone out of their way to be so complimentary. Um, they even, uh, they even at the wedding um, reception, they you know raised a toast and they thanked um, not only myself, but obviously all the suppliers and oh, vendors who were party to the day. They did actually... Um, send me a little um, vignette video, oh, which nice. I have put on the front page of my uh, homepage of our website because I'm personally very proud. Yeah. I've, it, it was so touching. I literally started to cry. Wow. Um, so it is definitely a beautiful thing when, yeah. you know, people take the, the time to stop, pause nice. and say, thank you. And, yeah. you know, it huge, means Huge thing, a huge event that you did. Uh, and you know what? The joy on their faces yeah. was the thank you that I really needed. But for them to actually go to the trouble that they have also done, they've also taken the time yep. to leave a beautiful review on our Google business page. Um, and I know that that's not for everyone. And of course, if you don't have a Gmail account, it's quite hard to leave a, um, yep. a Google business review anyway. So the bottom line is, um, you know, we always appreciate any feedback, even a text saying, thanks. We yep. just had a great wow. day. Oh, how fantastic. Beautiful, you know, because that at the end of the day, we know that we've delivered what you want exactly your way. Yep. And that's our takeaway from the whole experience. Yeah, absolutely. Because I can just, I can imagine, I'm just putting a figure. It probably takes you 30, 40% more effort to put the same style of wedding together now than it did before because of all these extra Correct. issues and extra things that have to go behind the scenes so it's a I lot think of work it, it is a lot more work basically uh what we have had to do is factor in probably 20 percent more hours in in a full 
replant and restyling. And don't forget, a lot of this is including venue activation. So we're actually having changed venues as well. Right, yeah. So what, you know, for instance, the last one was would have been in Sydney. In the end, it was done in the Hunter Valley, which right, was yeah. exquisite. You know, because their, their new vision was um, English country charm. Okay. Right. I think we delivered on that brief 100%. And right. so they've said. So now we're having to do things like, well, we had to obviously spend days going on site visits. So there's another full eight to 10 hour day. And it's yeah. not usually one site only. We would usually go have two or three that we would wow. consider. Yeah. So there's one side of it. The other side of it is that, you know, with, um, limiting uh, the amount of human interaction on the day, which means we don't have as many team members. So it means more work by one individual or two individuals. Yes, good point. Uh, and that's adding hours, not only in the planning stage, which is not such a big deal, but on the day where time is really a penalty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because we, we have something we have to be ready for three o'clock yep. or a three ten clean shoot of a space you yep. know all about that darren yes I do. <laughs> uh, and if we don't get the clean shoot then the the couple do not see the space before it's populated by wedding guests that's right suppliers yep. great um, staff so, whatever exactly everybody wandering around and yep. of course things you know the lovely programs have been moved and the florals have been moved yep. and, you know the petals have been thrown so that's the only opportunity so on these sorts of days, that's why we, we start the, the bumping in so early. Yeah. And, uh, but we have critical paths that we have to be ready for. Right. So I always have a little bit of a, a pad in terms of, right, I need at least 20 minutes before the, pop, the population starts to grab all those shots, not only by photography, but videography, because as you know, we're capturing a different perspective from video than that of photography. Definitely. And the, uh, the the two combined are beautiful. Oh yeah, you do get different experiences from both media. One hundred percent. I love them both. I think they're yeah, both absolutely. Different. And I think that they go hand in hand yeah. and support each other beautifully on the day. So, um, so on this day, three o'clock, we had to be ready for the the ceremony, which started at three thirty. And of course, um, as luck would have it, our guests started arriving early. Uh, so. As they do. <laughs> clean set was a little bit tricky um and then of course a 5 p.m reception yeah uh, we had to have a clean set by 4 30. wow so, and that's while a ceremony is going on so then you've got the places populated externally mm. but we need to capture all this internally for sure wow. yeah. yeah so there's a still while it's going on and then of course we have usually a transition poster ceremony which would be a canopy and champagne service um which of course is when more photography is going on with the bride, the groom, yep. uh, the wedding parties, families, friends, guests, etc., um, and whatever other um, you know activities are going on. Then we transition into the reception, which in this case had become more of a formal dinner than an actual wedding party, yeah, if you yeah. like. And so therefore what we did, we, we could factor in a lot more speeches. Mm -hmm. So where you'd normally yeah, only true. have three or four speeches at a traditional wedding, max, I would say, we had um, eight speakers. Yeah, and, it, becomes, and it becomes like that onus becomes more on the entertainment now. Well, it becomes, it, it becomes really quite informative as well, mm -hmm. because there's a lot of backstories that can be 
um, can be told, yeah, exactly. which we wouldn't necessarily get to hear yeah, under exactly. a, a you know a, a reset or an, a pre-COVID wedding day That's because right. mostly it is usually what best man of course, um, father of the uh, the bride, possibly the father of the groom, maybe the bride. Yeah. Our bride did actually speak and oh, she was good. fabulous too. <laughs> um, so we do get to hear a lot more of the engagement across what are the relationships here and how long we've known each other and a few backstories yeah. that are relevant. And it really personalises the day. And I think it creates more of an intimacy yeah, amongst, exactly. you know, all of the wedding guests who were quite transfixed by all of the, um, all of the speakers. Yeah, and, I, I know, certainly would be. That'd be fun. Yeah. It's more like a, it becomes more like a production, a floor show, a, something, a spectacle that you're going to see rather than going through the motions and getting up and you want to just start dancing and having a drink. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, that's quite usual. And, of course, there's, everybody loves to get up and have a bop. There's no sure. question about that. Uh, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but mm. not at the moment. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> So that's why when we actually, we did pivot that wedding day and we did actually position the first dance as com a component of the ceremony, but mm. also as an exit strategy from the ceremony, mm. it was quite a surprise. And I'm also delighted to say it is the first time that was ever done. Wow, how cool is that? Wow. So um, we we're very excited about it. And I've got to send out a big um, thank you to Amy at um, Dream, um, Dream Wedding Studio, Dream Dance Wedding Studio, who actually did work with our couple because they only had two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, the end result was absolutely spectacular. It was, that, it was so endearing. There wasn't anyone there that wasn't, was totally engaged in what was going on. The other exciting thing about that particular pivot to the wedding day was that um, the piece of music that they chose as their first dance piece was quite a unique piece from a Japanese composer, wow. which was originally set for, or, com, or the composition was for piano. Yeah. We had a, a strings trio. So that particular piece had to be re-scored yep. specifically for two violins and a cello, which wow. we had done by the Sydney Chamber Orchestra Maestro. My God. Yeah. And that was all within two weeks as well. Oh, my God. So, a lot of stuff going on there in, in that, there in was that time. Oh, my there Lord. Was <laughs> yeah. And certainly I don't think um, uh, one of the highlights for me was the horse and carriage. Fortune, yeah. the horse was absolutely darling and she was so beautiful and quite clearly was very used to being the star of the show yeah yeah well <laughs> except uh, i've got to say i think our bride did steal her thunder just a little bit good as you'd expect <laughs> well of course and she was delightful her gown which i've got to say was so angelic and was designed and delivered within three weeks by the talented couture, Rhonda Hemingway Couture in Paddington. Wow. Wow. Now, the hand beading alone with all the Swarovski crystals um, normally would take months. So I've got to say that was an exceptional, Incredible. exceptional effort. So that's what I'm saying. All of these things, the elements that you would think, because normally when we look at uh, a wedding gown, we're looking minimally six months and, yeah. and we're not even talking couture. Uh, this is a design gown specifically for this particular bride. And the reason we had to do was that was that 
there had been an issue with her previous gown. So we okay. needed to, um, shall we say, come up with a, a solution uh, to the challenge overnight. So of course, who would I call on a Sunday afternoon at 5.30 <laughs> with only two and a half weeks, three weeks to go to the wedding, but dear Rhonda Hemingway. Wow, well done. Didn't, didn't blink an eye. She said, of course, darling, we'll do it. <laughs> so well that's what I'm saying is, it, you know, even um, signage, we had to have specific signage created, mm. which now becomes part of an, a, a community awareness or an announcement service. So they become passive concierge communications yeah. tools so that we don't have to have someone continuously saying, please do this, please do that. So we, we've designed um, generic wedding day signs that we have activated in ceremony spaces, the reception spaces, all of the um, conduit spaces, which are public access, plus bathrooms as well. Yeah, yeah. So that the constant reinforcement of the message without it being totally in your face. And they're all to wedding day style. So they're not just, you know, nasty little signs. They're actually quite beautifully styled around the theme of the day and um, they become part of the wedding livery of the day, if you like. Yeah. And of course, they are decored by the florist as well. Well done. Well, I mean, that sounds like things are moving, you know, in the right direction. At least things can be done now as opposed to when we started, when you couldn't do anything. Right. Oh, that's but I think that we've also got to remember, Darren, that um, we've still got a bit of a ways to go mm. um, before we're completely back to where we were before. Sure. Of course. We're talking quite considerably yeah. some time because for that to actually be a full reset, then we're talking international borders being fully operational, mm. coming back to capacity again. Mm. When we do start to see things starting to move, and let's remember most of the heads of aviation have informed if it's going to be late next year to early the following year before operations start to ramp up. Yeah. Within that, in terms of even transport, which is the carriage of passengers, you've had all these operational staff on the ground, pilots, yep. flight attendants, who all have to be recalled. Yep. So there are thousands and thousands and thousands, and that's just purely in Australia, and then you've got the overseas ones and so forth. So capacity will be a rolling development and rollout of capacity because it's impossible to say, oh, look, we're just going to do all this overnight. Mm -hmm. so, and also, let's not forget the cost involved in all of this as well. Yeah. So, you know, I think when we talk about resetting, we've got to look at the layers upon layers that actually will be going into that mm -hmm. and understand that, you know, with capacity rolling back, it's still, even after we're reset, it's going to be some time before we're completely operational at pre-COVID stage. Yep, absolutely. Wow. But we'll get there. We'll get there. You know, onwards and upwards, you know, at least we're moving in the right direction, you know, exactly. and things can be done. And with a bit of creativity and a bit of innovation, you can create a beautiful um, tone and style of a wedding that might be a little different, but might also be as or if not more charming. I think that that's the real opportunity here is mm. to take something that um, could become a little mainstream and a little, you know, we've all done that and really turn it into something special, which mm. is what I'm pleased to say that we've been informed we were able to achieve. And we hope to be able to achieve quite a few more before the end of the year is over. Of course, that's entirely at the hands of um, our clients and yep. potential clients. But I, I'm hoping with the, um, the new service, which is the wedding day and pre-wedding day concierge service, yep, yep. that um, we'll fill that gap 
that is there because quite often there's an assumption that something will be done by the venue coordinator which actually isn't within their purview it's not because it's not to do with the venue per se yes. um, so we're now we're happy to talk about specific packaging relating to the services that are only the gap requirements gotcha gotcha so if people want to get in touch with you to chat about any of these services what's the best way for them to do it um, certainly they can go to the website and our contact us page or if uh, you are so inclined and what I personally love just give me a call on plus six one four one six twenty eighty ninety two and just say hello and tell me about your day and it. what it is in your mind and your partner's mind and whether or not we, we partner together I'm sure that you will they'll go away with a little bit more information that's only going to add to the planning journey so we really can't wait to hear from you fantastic well for everybody out there Kerry is so passionate about what she does she's so well connected she's knowledgeable she's got a finger on the pulse with what you can and can't do in this period so if you have anything planned give her a buzz have a chat and you never know what you can come up with and I'm sure it'll be amazing so we Kerry, love, sorry, Darren. Yeah. No, go for it, go for it. We'd love to hear from anybody out there who'd like to give us a call because we love genuinely what we do. Beautiful, and it shows. Thank so you. So I always like to ask my guests at the end of the show, anything you want to leave us with? Any thoughts? Any parting thoughts? Stay, stay positive and don't stop dreaming about the big day. I mean, one of the, one of the takeaways from this is that, you know, at the start of this, the couple were a little bit nervous. At the end of it, they had no nerves left whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And the point is that to keep believing in what is achievable. And of course, you know, I think if you have a look at um, the video that they've put up, uh, the lovely bride says something really poignant. And that is, yes, you were right about everything. <laughs> I, <laughs> I should have stressed too much. And oh, I, that's great. And that was, and it got a big laugh from the whole of the audience. Right. And I was privileged to be there because I was also emceeing the wedding uh, as well. Oh God, so multitasking. Multitasking. It's been a while since I've emceed <laughs> a wedding. I normally do leave it to the MC yep. professionals because after a long day of setup, oh, yeah. uh, styling and delivery, tacking on another service is really quite tiring. And I can tell you, the feet told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for about 48 hours after <laughs> yeah absolutely well done so well, gary thank you so much for coming on the show again always a pleasure to have you on and hear what what's happening you know in the in that realm and in that in your area of expertise so i hope everybody's learned as much as i have and uh anybody who's interested obviously get in touch with kerry she's fantastic so everybody have a fantastic weekend and we'll see you very, very soon for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast next week. Bye for now.